Family-friendly and obscene t-shirts? We've got them. Ceramic and tin mugs? Yup. Neck gaiters so you can hide your face from the CCTVs? We have some. Hoodies so you can stay warm while you listen to our dark sense of humor? You better believe it. We have all of this and more over at the DV Radio store. Just go to dvradio.net and click on the store tab to start browsing. DV Radio is free for listeners, but it isn't free to keep the record spinning. And it's mainly the hosts that pay to keep the on-air sign glowing. So if you want to help DV Radio continuing to grow, but you want to show what online radio station you listen to, head over to dvradio.net, click on the store tab, and help the veteran-owned and ran online radio station today. That's dvradio.net, and click on the store tab now. Please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DV Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DV Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. So you've had cold water shot up your ass? You don't know nothing. You don't know living, buddy. After that phone call, I was just thinking you're a few fries short of a happy meal. You gotta stay in to get it. You gotta pick a harder target. And she's back with food in her mouth. Hopefully that'll keep her busy. I really don't have anything. Look, how would you like to be related to some bona fide white people? Look, I dig it. All black people sound alike when they get excited. Shut up. <laughs> Family. I get it up faster than DV6 can. Then he lied to you. I thought it sucked. I pushed the button. You don't push the button. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, everybody, this is dbradio.net, where we are the professional, unprofessional, that the unprofessional might be in the spot. No, this is the fucking news. You're tuned in to WDVR on dbradio.net. That is how it is right here on WDR DV Radio that is Press Live. You're listening to us on podcast because that's how podcasts work. It's recorded and not live. It's May 29th, 2021. I'm Butterwood. Tonight we got Oink, War Dog, and the author himself that we've not had on in for what seems like forever. Mike Guardia. How's everyone doing this evening? Hello. All right. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Ow. Um, I'm, I'm still limping around, but we're live. We're on this side of the dirt, so it must be doing something right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Google said supposedly she'll be uh, in here later on tonight after, you know, DV6 decides to finish supper. And DV6, I don't know if he's getting in here. It's, it's DV6. Um, probably didn't take his blue pill. So that's, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so first and foremost, uh, it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, if you're listening and you're joining us, thank you. We're, we're glad to see you over here. Um, if it's your first time listening, uh, prepare to probably be offended at some point in time. Because um, <laughs> that's how MDD Radio works. <laughs> Oh me. Oh my. Um on a serious note though, uh it is Memorial Day weekend. Whether uh you're a veteran or a friend or a family member or what have you. Um I don't say happy Memorial Day because it's not like a happy quote unquote day. It's it's to remember those that have fallen, that have fought. Uh in uh, the armed forces. Um, but uh, if you do say happy Memorial Day, don't be all giddy about it. 
please, <laughs> please don't be like, happy Lumea day. D- don't, just don't. Um, <laughs> and, and just to uh, reiterate, like I try to do every year, it's not a time to, uh, to down people because they don't understand the difference between Memorial Day or Veterans Day or, or something like that. Um, if uh, they don't understand, do it in a nice, informative way if you're going to do it. Um, other than that, what do you guys want to say about this weekend? Anybody can go and start. I'll, I'll let you guys have at it. Well, it's just not a time for, you know, a lot of people are doing their barbecue thing and hanging out, which is great. I mean, you're able to get back together since a lot of these COVID restrictions are being lifted, which is, thank God. I mean, who's who's sick of that shit? Right. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it, it is a time to remember those that uh, that pay the ultimate sacrifice uh, for these freedoms that we have. So uh, if you do, just take a moment and think about those guys, uh, guys and gals that paid that price. Definitely. That's all I ask. Yep. <clears throat> Mike, War Dog? Yeah, brother. You know, it uh, it it's always a little bit somber of a time for me, but at the same time, I'm glad that such men like this have lived, and I'm glad that uh, you know they. Uh, I'm glad that these I'm glad that these boys and girls existed. You know that were that were willing to write that blank check out to Uncle Sam, uh, payable. For an amount up to and including their lives, and uh, just makes me all the more grateful that we uh, that we live in a society where we have uh, people of this caliber. And uh, you know, it kind of a, kind of painting a broad stroke here, but also glad that uh, you know we collectively as Americans can take time out of the calendar to say, hey, we want to put it on the record to make sure that these folks who have made the ultimate sacrifice are are recognized and appreciated. Definitely, definitely. Word all. What about you, brother? Always, always very uh, tough, tough weekend, and then tough day for me. Um, the sacrifices made by all, uh, especially those you know we had to witness. Uh, those the that is com- uh, completely felt, and. Um, as I said, it, it's a day I, I kind of handle on my own in silence, um, as I'm, maybe some other war veteran or veterans do also. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a time on to uh, to reflect on the sacrifices of the uh, your fellow brothers and sisters in arms. Definitely. Um, so, just so you guys know that are listening, we will have a Memorial Day show Monday, as always, every year as. We try to. Uh, hopefully, War Dog and Mike and Oink and a few others will be able to join us uh, Monday. That'll be at twenty hundred eight p.m. Eastern. Um, we're just gonna kick back and have some fun and reminisce and try to laugh. And it, it might get depressed in moments. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, you, you, you can't. We have been known to do that once or twice. <laughs> you, Uncle Fester, you asshole. Um, <laughs> you can't Some really uh, get around that, uh, especially on a day like that. But at the same time, uh, we, we always try to end on a high note. We try to make you guys laugh as much as possible. Um, Adam Ely's going to be there from Hard Luck Auto, so <laughs> you know it's going to be fun as hell. I mean, we got Giant Tar coming on. Come on. Come on now. Um, 
I think, I think Jason said from Southern Vet Suites wanted to come on. There's quite a few. So yeah, uh, I think uh, Betsy's going to try to be on. Um, I think Phil from Eubora is going to try to be on. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, shit, uh, somebody that I'm blanking on. I Marquis, that asshole. Uh, he's he's going to be on. <laughs> uh, um, he did the live today. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah. Uh, so, and if these guys can't be on, they're, they're going to try and record something, uh, a minute or so in length. Um, so just come join us Monday evening if you're able to, and if you're feeling lonely and as always, if you are feeling lonely, oink, what's the best place for them to go and, and hit up somebody, uh, to talk to. Hey, if you guys haven't done it yet, download the Objective Zero app. It's free it's for Android and iOS devices, and you can always talk to an ambassador at any given time. Click on their name, uh, search by MLS, search by AFLC, search by gender, whatever makes you comfortable. Uh, search on there, and you can actually talk to somebody uh, from your hometown or if it's somewhere in that area. It doesn't have to be where you're at right at that moment. It just main main thing is there's people there that are going to listen, and you can talk to about anything. Yep, and so that's again, objectivezero.org, or again, search for the Objective Zero app at the store, Google, whatever the hell it is now, play your store, <laughs> fuck whatever the hell it is, now, yeah. <laughs> whatever the, Google changed it to. The damn app store on your mobile device, yep. uh, uh, on, on your iOS and Android devices. Um, and, and real quick, Fester, uh, Miss P just reminded me, PTS Dog, Joaquin Watai, uh, Scav. I think Nevermore is going to be working, but she's going to try and call in. So hopefully we'll have a fun field even one day, uh, as uh, like Mike said, somber as it might be. Um, don't forget, because we're going to change gears now. If you don't know how we work at TV radio, if it's your first time listening, we just we just say, fuck the last one. And we don't even segue. We just go straight in. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sometimes we'll bounce back because we don't know where the fuck we're at. Right. <laughs> We have the DV radio giveaway that ends on June 30th. A hundred participants must enter or we have to cancel it. Uh, you have a grand prize of over $300. Second and third prizes uh, places will receive uh, gift cards, but they will be online gift cards. So whatever you want to call that. Um, we're looking at a bottle breacher and uh, uh, Southern vets, uh, Southern. How do you say it again? Southern Bet Sweets. <laughs> I'm looking at the damn thing right here. I'm looking at his <laughs> logo, and I can't even get it out. Southern Vet Sweets, um, uh, K Bar Soap. Those are going to uh, be uh, the quote unquote uh, gift cards, uh, as well as from those places. Uh, oh, and Ubor is going to have the gift card uh, from those places uh, up into uh, Backpacks for Life, Combat Flags, uh, Watai Woodworking, and a few other places. Those are going to be in the grand prize. They're going to have, we're going to have a lot of shit. Um, and it's well over $300. Trust me, it's come out of my own pocket. It's not come out of TV radio funds. I, I put this money up. Uh, how do I enter, Bo? Well, I've got to find this damn bit.ly link so I can go over to the actual thing and give you the thing so you can. Anyway, you go over to the DV radio store <laughs> and you click on giveaway and it tells you how you can enter to win uh you must make a purchase of ten dollars or more there are uh, a few ways you can enter uh multiple times and, and things of that nature 
Um, so please read over that. You must put that you want to enter the giveaway in the notes section at checkout because if you do not, I'm not going to automatically enter you because I know some people just don't want free shit. Um, so you can spend $10 and possibly win $300 or over $300 worth of prizes, or you can spend $40 or more, which will enter you five times if you put in the notes that you want to enter um, and have a greater chance of winning. Again, 100 pre- people must enter um, at the least, uh, or else I have to cancel it because I, I can't really run a giveaway with two people. I can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> you lucky not, two people, I'll tell you that. <laughs> we're not selling propane over here. Um, so <laughs> so if you're listening to us on uh, Radio King and you're not in the actual chat room, please go over to dvradio.store forward slash giveaway. Uh, we also dropped the link there in the DV Radio chat for you to go and enter that as well. Um, we also, this Tuesday, talking about the DV Radio Store, uh, have a upcoming t-shirt from PTS Dog that's going to be dropping. Um, so be ready for that. He's moving all his merchandise over to the DV Radio Store, and he's coming out with the new one ever so often. So be prepared for that. I think it's up there now, um, but it just says coming soon, so you can see what it looks like. Um, so that's over there, and all of PTS Dog uh merchandise does go back to uh pts dog and it says t-shirt copy that copy should not be there <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> copies on there and it's funny because it says rights of the disabled uh brackets pts dog t-shirt copy and it's rights and then un- right underneath it copy so it's like rights copy instead of copyrights anyway that's just a joke for me that i think is fucking hilarious um <laughs> We also are going to be rolling out a few new shirt designs as the uh, year goes on. Uh, So be uh, prepared for that. I think some Patreon members have already gotten uh, a few of those designs. Um, Let's see. Anything else DV Radio Store related, Oink? Oh, man. Not that I can think of. Like I said, you've got the Patreon, like you said, the new shirt designs. and Those over there have gotten a sneak peek and actually had a chance to buy a couple of them. So I think some of those are pretty badass. They're coming yeah. out. So yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, my mom. Uh, obviously, I get um, I get uh, mock-ups before I actually say, "Yeah, this is gonna look great on a T-shirt." Except for the one that Oink's wife had to get. <laughs> the one fucking she had to be t-shirt. different, right? <laughs> yeah, the one fucking T-shirt I had not yet gotten. Oh, I'm gonna get it, and I'm like, dude, if it's messed up, please tell me so I can fix it. Uh, but uh, I always order mock-ups uh, uh, to see what they look like um, before I, I quote-unquote finalize the uh, the design, which I make the design, so I guess I'm telling myself if it's good or not, um, which it's never good enough for me. Uh, but uh, I accidentally ordered my mom large, and she's like me. She doesn't like tight-fitting clothes. So she was like, when are these going to be up on, on, on the store? And she kept pulling her damn shirt, like, stretching it yesterday when she was in here asking me i was like um when we get everybody's t-shirts in and they tell me how the designs look on their shirts she went oh okay just let me know okay and she's <laughs> like while she's doing it she's pulling on her shirt and i said what's wrong well this is a little tight i said did i not order you extra large and she went no it's a large I went, 
I'll get you an extra large, mama. Like I will, I will buy the shirt for you. Like, no, nah, that's okay. So that's been my no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Oh, Red's place said Chief and I love ours. That's wonderful. Honestly, I'm glad you guys love those shirts. Uh, I'm sorry that some of the designs don't go with the color shirts you guys want. I'm not a big fan of colorful shirts. I never have been. <laughs> um, I'm, I've got to uh, figure out the uh, the hip-hop one uh, because uh, they, for some reason, had discontinued the pink shirt, and that's the only bright-colored shirt I think I have right now. So i got to figure out something with that. I don't know if the pink's coming back. I've got to hit up our supplier, so... That's that's for me. That's that's not for you listeners, but I'll figure it out. Um let's let's see. Uh yeah, I think that's it for the store. Yes, no, maybe so. I think so. Okay. Um so yeah, go enter the giveaway, uh share it with your friends, family, whoever, business partner, um elephants, dogs, I don't know. Share it with somebody that's gonna buy something and enter the giveaway. <laughs> I want to give you guys shit. Come on. Um, DD Farm. I don't know what's going on over there because, you know, DD6 and Google, they, they like to wait until the last minute to tell me anything. Um, I don't know if we'll get any updates tonight or not. I do know uh, DD6 is still planning the road trip. Um, I'm not exactly sure when he's leaving out. I need to get up with him so we can figure out the road trip plan. But if you want to help contribute to that, uh, the shirts, I don't believe, are for sale anymore. But you can either do uh, uh, do the PayPal, which you can find on Veteran Humor's page, because I don't know that off the top of my head. That's that's new. You can also donate to the DV Farm directly at dvfarm.org. Click on the Donate tab. There's a one-time and a monthly give. If you do the one-time giving, you do not have to have a PayPal account. Um, you just scroll down a little bit, and it'll say continue without PayPal account or or something of that nature. If you want to give monthly, you must have a PayPal account. That is not DV Farm or DV's terms and conditions. That is PayPal's. Uh, we also have, I got to go back to the DV radio store. We also have the Road to Recovery DV Farm shirts where all but $1 goes to the DV Farm after we hit $100 each month. If we don't hit $100, it rolls over until the next month and so on and so forth. So that's the ways you can uh, give back to the DV farm so they can get the funds immediately. Uh, if you do need to do some shopping online and you can't give money immediately, you can use smile.amazon.com, make DV farm your charity of choice. A portion of your shopping cart goes directly to the DV farm. No hidden fees or extra costs. Again, that's smile.amazon.com. While you're shopping, just make DV farm your charity of choice. Also, places like Humble Bundle, eBay, Lunified, a lot of places are giving back to charities now. Uh, when you check out, all you have to do is choose uh, to search for a charity, type in DV Farm. Sometimes it's DV Farm Inc., I-N-C, uh, and it'll pop right up. Gilsom, New Hampshire, just click on it, and you can give back that way uh, in a lot of different places. And if it's a place we don't know about or you think we don't know about, please let us know. Even if you know we've mentioned it, let us know. So uh, Google and myself... I uh, can get an account at these places to make sure that we can track these uh, these uh, checks that come in 
from random places. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. I think a Humble Bundle check came in and we were like, what the fuck is this? And it didn't say Humble Bundle, right? <laughs> it just said whatever their banking thing is. And we were like, where did this come from? What? You know, come to find out it was from Humble Bundle. So please let us know these things. Um, I think that's all that I've got for you guys right now as far as quote-unquote news is concerned. Um, yeah. So, really quick. Uh, well, not really quick because it's only 9.20. Uh, Mike, do you have to go soon? or? Uh, well, let's see. I think I got until, let's see, it's uh, 21.18 where you guys are. I can hang out for about another hour. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that so that gives us an hour. Okay. Sure. Good. Ooh. Um. <laughs> uh, War Dog, how have things been? You've not been on in a minute. How are things going on with you and and War Dog uh, as an entity and and all that good stuff? Oh man, uh, absolutely <laughs> nothing going on with me, bro. It's been uh, just quiet days and doctor's appointments. To be honest with you. For the past three weeks. I understand. I know that man. one. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I think, give me an oink. I honestly understand where you're at there. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, how's the family doing? Family doing good? Yeah, yeah. All's well with the girls, man. Uh, you know, always they're dealing with me, so that's a hassle of its own. But uh, yeah, everything's <laughs> fine. I totally get that, brother. Totally get that. It's been a minute. Uh, I think me and Oink were, was it last week me and you were talking about War Dog? And I was like, man, I'm, I'm seriously starting to wonder if War Dog's all right. Oh, look at that on his iPad. Joining us. Look at that. Um, and and uh, the asshole, of course, he's going to join in the middle of me talking. Um, but me and Oink were like, oh, I, I hope War Dog's all right. Because, you know, you, you guys had the, had the sickness going on there for a minute. And then I know you had your tinnitus flare up and I was like, oh, damn, I hope more dogs are all right. Like it was just like every week back to back to back as I was really starting to be like, should we take a trip down to Florida and see how he is? Like, <laughs> 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 like I, I was seriously getting concerned. You can ask going up. I, I was like, I hit up for a dog, but I don't think he's going to make it, man. And he was like, everything all right. And I was like, well, it was tinnitus last week, and he was sick this week, and the family was down. I was like, I hope everything's all right. Like, I was legitimately concerned, so I'm glad to hear the family's doing good and that you were doing good. Yeah, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, things just got uh got hectic, you know, life a little bit. No, no. I get it, man. Shit. If anybody gets it, I think we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um. Since the asshole himself took his Viagra or his blue pill tonight to stay up, DV6, how you doing? I'm good. Are 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 you in the toilet right now? No. Okay. Hello. <laughs> I'm in a hurry. I'm multitasking. <laughs> Why are you saying, "Oh God, Martha"? You didn't even flush. I flush. <laughs> Did I flush, guys? No. You're an asshole. <laughs> I did. They're lying to you. They did not. Go put a mask on. <laughs> no, I don't know how I vote. All right. So, 
So you first, got any... thank you. What? Go ahead. You first. No, you can. Well, I didn't know you were actually going to go into something. So go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. We, I was listening to the conversation. Oh, my God. I'm I was going to thank you, too, but okay. Just so everybody knows, DV6 will not make it through this road trip because I will kill him when he makes it down to my house. I'm not going to make it? <laughs> so you're not, you're not going to make it through the road trip because I'm going to kill you when you make it down to my house. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I, I just got a little bit of info. Well, anyhow, first and foremost, mm -hmm. I want to thank you and whoever else is on here that helped, uh, I think, last week or whatever week it was. And I said, hey, can you guys push those shirts one more time? Um, the next morning when I got up, um, I made it, you know, we had gone from 12 to almost the goal, my goal of 100 at least. Mm -hmm. I know the contractor set one for 200, but so I want to thank. I know that was your doing. So thanks. Uh, right. Don't don't thank um, us. Thank thank the listeners because I I put it we put it out like, there uh, that uh, last Saturday night and then we put it in the Discord and it's it's all on them man all on the listeners. Yeah, it helped. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, you guys know what's going on. It's I haven't been posting a lot and all that, and I'm gonna keep saying this so that the diehards on the pages figure it out. But the more busier I get here. The last time I've got to uh, dick around on social media and do the memes and stuff, mm -hmm. but um, or the videos and stuff. Um, so I got I got the new guy and I'm transitioning another resident and I'm still following up with prior residents. And then I got all the VA appointments that are associated with a new guy and myself. It's just been wow, you know. So I've been busy, but. Uh, we're going good. And road trip starts in two weeks. Uh, I hit the road, uh, not this Friday, but next Friday. And I come down to you and into North Carolina. And then I see PTS dog. Then I come back up here. Then I go back down there. Then I go to Colorado and I come back, almost come back here. But then I go to Ohio, New York. Then I go back down to you in September or something. Anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, we were well, we were actually we were actually just uh we just hit on that a minute ago. I said uh, me and you need to hit up so we can lay out the road trip as as good as possible, so we can let people know where you're going to be at at certain times. Yeah, you're setting up. That was one of the things I wanted to uh, run by you guys and uh, you know the host and and the listeners. Uh, one of the things we want to do for this year's road trip um, is try to get you know, some of the costs sponsored, you know, like have yep. uh, use the back of the camper. Like I'm this weekend is just nothing but rain. I was going to put the low, the big logo on the back. Um, and some of our, you know, biggest sponsors, you know, or the ones that have been with us since the beginning, like Chappie, disgruntled vets and, and uh, well, likewise, but I was trying to come up with ideas, like what to put on the back of the camper that people could sponsor different tiers and stuff. So if anybody's got any ideas, Typically, I pay out of pocket for the road trips, and it's not cheap. You know, I'm pulling everything with me, working on the road and stuff. But that there's no sense in charging it to the farm because then, you know, some years we don't, you know, pull in. I could easily spend what we raise by being on the road. So I like to cover that myself. But because I wiped out 
uh, the farm needed a generator and some other administrative stuff. And, you know, we get our funding month to month. And so I'm tapped. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, with the t-shirt sales and stuff like that, get back up to a reasonable amount so that I'm covered for the road trip. Um, but if you got any ideas on how we could, you know, smart, you know, make ideas for yep, what to you. do on the back that people, you know what I mean? Put yep. that out. Like let, let the listeners think if they got something, email, email yeah. you or me. I definitely, I'll help you out with that and we'll, we'll definitely get up with the listeners. And I know we've got a few, uh, uh, veteran owned businesses that would be probably really interested in that as well, especially since it's for the farm and you'll be, uh, ha they'll be showcased quote unquote on, on the uh, camper. So I, th I think we can make that. Work. Yeah. If I could get a, um, a tentative map or route, you know, and their business is on the way or, you know, you know, sponsor, I don't know, X amount of miles or X amount of dollars, whatever. Uh, you know, maybe I'll take a picture of Captain Cardboard at your famous landmark. I don't know, some goofy ass shit, maybe. You guys are always coming up with crazy shit. Uh, one year, Captain Cardboard was seen in a strip club and the Golden, or not the Golden Arches, the St. Louis <laughs> Arches. <laughs> the Golden Arches. <laughs> Well, I know you haven't been into the DV radio chat six, but there is a gentleman in there that's uh makes guitars. He's willing to uh there that is donate that, that. That's the email <laughs> I told. I bet you that's the guy, uh, the company or the organization that emailed me about they want to raffle off the guitar. Could be, could be. Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> I, I I said I would call either last night or today, and um. Is that oink? That's oink. I can see yeah, it. Is. Yeah. Hey, you're alive. I'm alive. Yeah. I was trying to think, did I miss a funeral or something? No, you're here. Okay. Good. He's he's actually got an update about his uh, hip if you want to hear it. Go ahead. Yes. I had the one, first one replaced in December. The second one's getting replaced July 14th. Where at? Up here in Alaska. At the Alaska Regional Hospital, but yeah, they're gonna good, good, rip good it luck. out. Good luck, because uh, that that's next on my list. I'm, it's almost impossible from uh, for me to walk some days. Uh, both knees are just gone now. I'm gonna have to get surgery, so I'm gonna talk to my doc next Friday. But I'll, I'll make it through the road trip. But uh, I'm gonna have to schedule surgery. So I'll have to talk to you about that like you know how do you prep i know about marking you know the knees and stuff you know this is the body part you work on and you know box up your penis and shit when you go in <laughs> it's, um, called a, it's it's called a genital sock fuck <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> okay. i was gonna say speaking of genital socks um <laughs> <laughs> if you're new to listening this is dv radio do not change your channel <laughs> this is normal <laughs> um, i wanted to be this is two weeks in a row that i've been up and i'm up because i have i have a new veteran here and it's been challenging it's been a while since i took in a you know somebody brand new um or since we got new residents because we had the previous group and didn't get anybody until they were all gone. Um, and so it's been a while since I started. And it's it's time intensive. Um, a lot of caseworking and, and counseling and staying on top of things and then establishing VA and medical and stuff. Uh, it's a lot of work. And I forget where I'm going with this. 
I forget where I'm Why going you were up these past two Saturdays. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You. Um, but that's why I'm up because, uh, unfortunately, uh, the way we're working the schedule is uh, I'm having him do the night, the night animals. In the summertime, we put the animals away according to the sun. And uh, it, can, it doesn't get dark now almost till almost nine o'clock. So the the guy that almost the guy that died, he's up same time as I am in the morning and he works straight to he loves working. He, he does all the equipment and stuff. So he likes to go to bed like when I do. So I says, you go to bed. I'll stay up and train a new guy to put the animals away. Um, but the last two nights have been crazy, as you see here. Uh, last Saturday, we had the porcupine incident. And this week, um, well, I was ready to go, but there was a little snafu and stuff. But everything's okay. And speaking of, you know, that cocksock, you want to know what, you know, fucking it's mating season. You know, Gabby Sue? I've yes. never had a, I've dealt with this with the other birds, but never a macaw. When a macaw wants to make a nest, it doesn't care how much your truck seat costs up front in the driver's seat. It's taking all the stuffing out. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you cover it up, put a milk crate on it, step away from the vehicle for a second. No, she don't care. And then when you catch her, you know, usually she goes bad. Bad girl. Nope, not today. She was like, ha, ha, laughing her ass off. And I'm just like, no, no. Yeah. Well, that's that's yep. funny you say that because Scooby almost all day, it's been raining right today. And for up until I started the show, she has been mimicking Yogi's bark because she hears Yogi on the other side of the house and it's not that loud to her. So she's over here going, ah, ah, ah. All fucking well, day today. That if that's all, you're lucky. That's that's first world problems. I'm dealing with oh, third yeah. world problems. I've that's got a big ass bird parking its ass in my face while driving, and I got this big starfish flexing. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? It's like an alien or something. It's just this big red starfish pulsating. I'm like Gabby, get that out of my face. I'm trying to drive. Yeah. Remember when Huey, I used to call you and tell you what Huey was doing? Yep. Yeah. Well, that was a little bird. You know, you can't really see much. This is almost like, you know, think of a dog's ass. Oh, God. Never mind. Anyhow. <laughs> well, the other, the other, uh, no, it was this morning. My mom uncovered her cage and me and her got to talking and she walked away to go get me a drink. And she got in there and she brought my drink in here and then she went back to uh, start washing clothes and Scooby just goes ah, ah, like really loud and I'm like what the fuck well my mom comes back in here and she had forgot to put her feed bowl back in her cage <laughs> <laughs> don't let <laughs> and, you know yeah that's, yeah that's she like, was I'm... so pissed off about that and I was like that is fucking hilarious she's letting my mom know try putting something anymore. new in her cage without her knowing and watch her flip out Neutral, yeah. Oh, we have. She she stays away from it yeah. for like three yeah. days. <laughs> like she is really cautious. <laughs> oh my god. Um freaking Gabby starts screaming when like the door. all the people leave the room. <laughs> well <laughs> I'm serious. Like she'll she'll start screaming. It's like you've left me by myself. 
I'm like, shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we've we've got Mike on tonight, Mike Guardia. I don't know if you remember him, Six. He's the one that uh, got to meet uh, Hal Moore and wrote his uh, book and all. Oh, right, right, right. I, I remember. Yep. Right. Uh, so, how you doing, Mike? Doing great, Six. How you been? I'm alive. That's good, man. You're waking up on this side of the dirt. Sorry to hear about the uh, sorry to hear about the birdie problems, but uh, <laughs> you otherwise seem no worse for wear, brother. Yeah, thanks. So, uh, uh. so Mike's on here tonight to talk about his newest and latest book, Days of Fury, Ghost Troop, and the Battle of 73 Easting. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I got it in my hands. And I, I told him earlier uh, in the pre-show, the cover reminds me of the news reports that we would see for Desert Storm push and our, our last push into Iraq. Uh, it's got a tank on the front cover and a uh, explosion right behind it. And that, like immediately that's all I thought of. Uh, first and foremost, Mike, thanks for coming back on tonight. It's been a minute since we've had you on last. Absolutely, brother. Um, for those that don't know, really quick, a rundown about your military service and what it is you do now. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, I am a former armor officer in the U.S. Army, uh, did six years on active duty. I was in from 08 to 2014, uh, left active duty as a captain and uh, actually started writing books uh, when I was still on active duty. Uh, it was just kind of a little side gig that I had at the time, uh, kind of an army officer by day and a book writer by night. Uh, sometimes not necessarily in that order, but uh, you know, after uh, after I left active duty in uh, December of 2014, I decided to uh, take the momentum going forward and just keep on writing whatever stories that struck my fancy, and uh, really wanted to uh, get uh, get some hardcore histories out there of uh, what some of our veterans have uh, seen and what they've endured. And, uh, and after so many titles, that's what eventually led me to this current book, Days of Fury, which in many ways is a companion piece to an earlier book that I wrote called The Fires of Babylon, which also looks at the Battle of 73 Easting, but from the perspective of Eagle Troop. Now, Eagle Troop is unique in the fact that it was commanded by H.R. McMaster when he was a young captain. H.R. Uh, McMaster, of course, we know uh, was the national security advisor under President Trump. And, uh, you know, as I was putting all the information together for that book on Eagle Troop, you know, I, I found out pretty quickly that Ghost Troop, uh, the unit that fought along the left flank of Eagle, uh, really helped contribute to the enemy's defeat at 73 Easting. And yeah, there just came a point when, when I told myself, you know, I really can't tell the full story of the battle unless I put Ghost Troops Chronicle in there, too. And, uh, yeah, that's what led me to uh, writing Days of Fury as the uh, companion piece that you see now. Now, why is Ghost Troop so important to Battle of 73 Easting, if you can, without obviously spoiling the book? <laughs> right. So, um so they uh, they were 
as important as they were to the outcome of the battle, because here you had a uh, an American unit that fought outnumbered. I mean, it, in throughout most parts of the battle, they were easily outgunned and outnumbered at least three to one. Um, but through a series of, well, it, it was through a series of uh, platoon level engagements that they ended up fighting what amounted to a battalion plus almost a brigade sized element. And you really see it was a combination of superior equipment, superior tactics, superior training, and uh, you know just this cohesive sense of camaraderie on the battlefield that you're fighting for the man who's on your left and on your right that really won them the day at, uh, at the Battle of uh, 73 Easting. You know, it's a uh, it's one of these classic textbook examples of uh, how a unit can fight outnumbered and win if they're able to outthink the enemy and outmaneuver them. Now, while writing this, were you able to talk to anybody that were around this or were actually involved, or were you actually having to do a lot of research? How did that go for you? Uh, absolutely, brother. You know, I was very blessed in the sense that uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the veterans from Ghost Troop were more than willing to speak with me. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, given the age cohort of the Gulf War, um, a lot of these guys right now, they're in their early 50s or in their mid 50s. Uh, they they still have uh, they, they still have all, all of their memories intact. Uh, they were more than willing to share their stories. And uh, there were some who uh, I, I found the interviewing process to be a little bit therapeutic for, uh, as if they uh, they were carrying around a lot of burdens from what they saw on the battlefields in Iraq the first time around. And now that they were able to share it with someone and there was, there was another veteran out there, i.e. myself, who was willing to put the story down on paper yeah, I think that that made uh, strides to help some of these veterans um, heal some of the wounds that aren't quite so easy to heal even over time. That the fact that you got to talk to some of these that were in Ghost Troop, that's just wow. I mean, that's like on how more level to me. I mean, <laughs> it really is. Um, uh, we talked in the pre-show about the ease of reading your books and. If you don't mind, I'm going to read this introduction, this paragraph from the introduction, just so people can see how easy it is to read. Um, it's literally the first page to the introduction. It's the first paragraph of Days of Fury. In the summer of 1990, mankind stood on the brink of a new era. Gone were the days of the Cold War. The Iron Curtain had fallen, and the once mighty Soviet Union lay on its deathbed. After nearly 50 years of ideological struggle, the United States stood as the world's lone superpower. But as communis communism disappeared from Eastern Europe and America reaped the benefits of her peace dividend, a new conflict loomed on the horizon. And that's how, like, we talked about this being in, in schools and, and just all your books in general. Um, the whole book is like that. And is there a reason why you lay your books out like that? Cause I know from what I've been able to read of your books, you don't go off to, you know, a, a full chapter story that has nothing to do with the, the title at hand or the, or the topic at hand. And, and for them, 
the biggest part you stay true to what the book is supposed to be is that on purpose is that something you do because that's how you learn certain things of historical accuracy you know growing up when you were reading books like what what's the uh, thought process there yeah well it it uh actually combines a little bit of both you know um for one i think a lot of the history books that uh i read growing up you know and i i think back to all the number of book reports that i did you know stretching back from eighth grade all the way through 12th grade or whatever it was was that uh if I was doing a book on a particular topic, I found a lot of times the language was so laborious and it was, you know, and the paragraphs were so cerebral that, you know, I would go back and I would have to read, you know, I'd have to read like one paragraph twice just to figure out what the heck the author was saying. Right. So, you know, that I think planted the seed for me is that if I, if I ever write a book myself, then I want to try and simplify the language and get my point across a lot quicker. Yeah. And I also ran into that same problem, you know, uh, just coming into paragraphs and, you know, sub paragraphs and entire chapters that really weren't critical to the story. It just, it seemed like there was a bunch of added fluff in there, you know, as if somebody said, okay, well, if I have to write a book and it has to be so many pages, I'm going to put this extra stuff in here just to make a page quota. Mm -hmm. But, uh, when I took that as my backdrop and I started writing these stories, I said, okay, well, how am I going to write it so that a veteran like myself, because vets really are my target audience here, how am I going to write it so that someone can get into the story that they know that they're going to get, you know, the most adequate version of the story without any extraneous matter and something that will draw the reader in to put them right on the front lines with these characters, give them a you are there kind of feeling and not waste their time to the point where they have to read 50 extra pages where they can finish the story, they can finish it quickly and put the book down and say, dang, I got something out of this book. Yeah, and and just flipping through the book, it, it's, it doesn't, it's not overwhelming because it's not... Uh, two point font. That's not fine print. Um, and if you don't count the appendix, it's only 206 pages long. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be a real easy read. If, if you're somebody that, uh, has attention disorder or, or something of that nature and, and you, you know, um, need something that can grab you and, and pull you in and, and keep you going. Um, we do have a question in chat. Uh, Red's Place is asking, for those of us new to your writings, out of all the battles over 30 years, why did you start with these stories? And I'm I'm presuming things like uh, the Battle of the Eastine and, and things of that nature. Right. So let's see. Um, the, uh, the Battle of 73 Eastine, that was, let's see, I, I think the Fires of Babylon was either my fifth or my sixth book at that point. Um but I specifically picked that battle because given where I am in the timeline, um, and I think a lot of us out here in the listening audience and also as part of the DV team, you know, I, I think a lot of us were in grade school when Operation Desert Storm kicked off. Mm -hmm. And for 
those of us in that age group, you know, those of us who were born in the late 70s and the early 80s, this was really the first major conflict that happened during our lifetime. Uh, so the Battle of 73 Easting for me, I chose it because, I mean, I've, I've had a uh, pretty long-standing fascination with the events of the Gulf War. You know, here I was, uh, this kid who was still in grammar school, and I remember watching the nightly news. I remember seeing the headlines. I remember seeing uh, copies of Newsweek on the uh, on the magazine stand at the grocery store. And I remember the grown-ups telling me and telling many of my classmates, hey kids, this is what a war is. This is what war looks like. When you get to be grown-ups, you know, this is very likely something that you will see again. And uh, you know, it's us versus them. We're the good guys, Saddam Hussein and the Iraqis, they are the bad guys. And that really stuck with me. So just being that first big exposure to what war is and what a major conflict entails, that really sparked my interest with uh, anything having to do with the Gulf War. You know, I mean, I remember for at least a good year and a half afterwards, you know, Storm and Norman was a household name. Yeah. Uh, that chocolate chip cookie desert camouflage pattern. I mean, that was like a fashion statement for kids nationwide. And yeah. uh, I was one of the uh, many kids who had the Desert Storm trading cards. <laughs> So, yeah, all that uh, kind of parlayed into why I chose to ride on the battle. It's funny you bring up the chocolate chip desert storm camouflage because I, I remember specifically having a G.I. Joe T-shirt and it was tight as fuck, um, but it was tan and it had on the logo the chocolate chip camo. It wasn't a full camo shirt. It just had the chocolate chip camo on, on the G.I. Joe logo. And I, I remember that specifically. It's funny that you brought that up because that's all I was thinking about while you're talking about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Oink, I know you're a fan of Mike's as, as I am. What do you want to pick his brain about uh, with this book? Well, first of all, I got to get my hands on it. Uh, <laughs> second right? of all, I mean, I'm I'm not a huge reader. I'm not a huge reader, but uh, obviously now since uh, with DV Radio and Betsy and yourself and everybody else, I'm reading a lot more. But the one thing I do find that, like you said, you use a lot of common language that's easy to get, easy to understand, and you're not, you know, trying to figure out what the hell the author's talking about. It's in, you know, plain writing for the most part. So, <clears throat> first of all, for somebody that doesn't read a lot, I appreciate that. But no, I think what Bo said earlier in pre-show and now. Um, you're doing it the right way because, I mean, it's it's not full of the fluff. It's not full of, you know, the extra sh crap that, you know, a lot of books have out there that, it, you know, it's just it's it's full of what you need to know. You know what I'm saying? It, it's written to where uh, you can follow along easily and you understand everything that uh, I think you're trying to get out there and get, and get through to us. And it's it's, it's really enjoyable to read like a Tomcat Fury, you know, that that you know, was a, a great book for me because I didn't know a lot about the F-14. I'm, you know, Air Force guy, so I didn't know a lot about Navy aircraft. But that, I mean, that was a kind of an eye-opener. It was a real, like I said, just easy to get through. And the illustrations and everything else, uh, we talked about that a little in pre-show as well. It, it, it hits home. It makes it uh, really enjoyable for somebody that, uh, you know, used to hate history uh, to a certain point in high school, you know. I'm, you know, because I was always the type that was, you know, why, I don't give a shit what happened in the past. Well, you know, later on in life, you kind of learn if you don't learn from the past, you tend to repeat it. So um, I'm, I'm just glad that, like I said, you, there's an author out there that cares about what the other veterans are looking for, if you know what I'm saying. And I think you're nailing it right on the head. 
Thank you, brother. I, I sure do appreciate that. Um, for you, Mike, Amazon in our chat is asking what inspired you to write and how did you get started writing just in general? And uh, how did you get your work published? And if you want to talk about that, uh, you know, what you've been through experience wise with publishing and what you're doing now that might help people uh, that are interested in doing it as well, if you don't mind. Right on, right on. So um, what inspired me to write, I think, well, you know, I, I can't pinpoint one specific event to it. I, I just think writing was uh, always something that I found enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can think back to some of the earliest days in grade school uh, when our teachers would have us do these creative writing projects in class. You know, hey, here, hey kids, here's a story prompt. So see what it is you can do with that. Um, I always enjoyed that. I always enjoyed. Uh, I always enjoyed subjects like history and English, um, because I think at my core, I'm a little bit more creative than I am analytical. So I found uh, that to be a good outlet for a lot of the creative energy and the creative impulses that I had. Right. So when I when I, I took that forward, you know, I decided that uh, I wanted to study history. Because, you know, I not only loved learning about these stories, I also I also loved writing about them. And I, I knew that I wanted to write a book at some point in my life. I just wasn't quite sure where I was going to start. And I, I, I must have been kicking around a few vague ideas, I think, for most of my college years. But when I was uh, that was about 23, when I discovered the story of a gentleman named Russell Volkman. And he was the subject of my first book, American Gorilla. And when I found the story about what he did, um, you know, how he escaped from Bataan and he raised a guerrilla army to fight the Japanese before the uh, conventional U.S. forces came back, uh, that right there, that I knew was going to be my starting point. And once I got that, you know, under my belt, I found another topic, and then I found another topic, and so on and so forth. And I really just, uh, you know, w once I caught the bug, it was very, very hard to shake. And uh, yeah, I'm still, uh, still reeling from the impact of that bug bite because, yeah, I got, uh, I got about half a dozen projects still in the hopper, and you know, knock on wood, I don't think I'm going to be running out of stories anytime soon. I hope not. Do you want to tell people about your experiencing experiencing experiences with publishing in the past and what you do now? Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. So, um, how I got published? Uh, I think I started off the way most traditional authors do. Um, I just uh, I started pounding the pavement and I uh, cast a very wide net and I saw what bit because uh, you know I, I had I had read. I had read military history books for years, right? So I never actually paid attention to any of the publishers. It's just, if I saw a book and it looked interesting, I wanted to read it. And if it was part of a series, you could bet that I was gonna buy whatever came out next. But I started looking at all the different uh, books on my shelf and I tried to find, you know, trends of who I thought all the big name publishers were. So I wrote down all the, uh, I wrote down all the names of the publishing houses that stood out to me. I said, okay, well, these guys, they probably have websites. They probably have, uh, you know, instructions for any wannabe author like myself um, who wants to, who wants to try and get published. 
So I took down a few names and uh, I contacted a few people, um, got quite a few rejection letters who, you know, just very politely told me, hey, kid, get out of here. We're not interested. Um, But then uh, there was a uh, there was a very uh, reputable military publisher based in both New York and in London who uh, decided to take a chance on me. And, you know, I tried to play up the fact that, you know, I was then a currently serving army officer. I'm like, you know, hey, I'm a young lieutenant. Uh, I think that this uh, particular topic uh, is applicable to the current wars we are fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan. It deals with unconventional warfare, stuff like that. I think it cover a very good market audience. And yeah, they, they took a chance on me. Uh, they said yes, and I wrote quite a few books with them. Uh, I've written for a lot of traditional, what you call the brick-and-mortar publishing houses. Um, but after a while, yeah, I started to venture into self-publishing, and now most of the most of the output that I have as an author is through my own publishing imprint. Uh, it's called Magnum Books. And now I still write for traditional publishing houses on occasion, but yeah, most of my books I, I self-publish and that has been a very good business decision for me as it has been for many authors because, you know, you see a trend of people who start off with traditional publishing houses, you know, be it like Random House or HarperCollins or whatever. And then after they build a foundation of readership, they start self-publishing titles because they get create they get full creative control over it and they also make more money per copy of the book that's sold so there's a, a good financial decision there and you know i'm i'm particularly glad myself being a hybrid author you know meaning that i do self publishing and traditional publishing i'm glad that over the past decade self publishing has lost a lot of the stigma that it used to have because there was once upon a time in the not too distant past where people said, if you're self-published, then you're essentially a dignified failure and mm-hmm. your book isn't worth the paper that it's printed on. Yep. Well, now you have a completely different story where you have very, very well-written products by very well-established, credible authors who are able to bypass the middleman, sell their work pretty much directly to the consumer and make more sustainable income just based off of that. So it's it's a winning proposition out there for anybody who wants to do it. And, and it's funny that you brought up, you know, uh, it, there was a stigma against uh, writers self-publishing uh, because just, just like in the pre-show, you know, I, I likened it to uh, entertainment because it, it, it's, it's a lot of the same struggles in the entertainment world. And, you know, not too long ago, uh, independent uh, movies and low-budget films were, quote-unquote, the bane of Hollywood. You were a horrible writer if you couldn't get a $3 million budget or more. Um, and now most of the movies that people are, are driven to, uh, especially since the last year, uh, are your low-budget indie films. And it's, it's because it's not what uh, the person that made it thanks people won't it's what people actually won't it's 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 something that uh isn't uh blown out of proportion to the point where you're like oh that that's just so fucking stupid like <laughs> um and i'm glad you brought that up because uh i think more writers and, and artists in general should should definitely if if they have the means to 
and, and are and are able um, time wise to definitely do it on your own. Um, and if you have the resources, um, network people, network it's a, it's a thing. Um, <laughs> speaking of, if people want to get into uh, self publishing. Um, what's something that you would advise them to do uh, first and foremost, if, if you have time? Sure, sure, absolutely. So uh, one of the things that I can tell anyone out there who is interested in self-publishing a story is I think first, just make sure that the story is exactly what you want to tell. Uh, make sure that, you know, it hasn't been diluted too much from any outside, uh, you know, any outside influences. And if you do want to publish a book either in hard copy or if you want to publish it digitally as an ebook, there are a number of quite reputable people out there who make a good living designing books and designing book covers. These are individuals out there who can take a manuscript that you give them and turn it into a professionally designed PDF layout that will, you know, be in a hard copy book or a uh, very, very well done, very well done digital file that will uh, be readable on any number of tablets and any e-readers out there. Uh, yeah, cover designers are also out there who work for very affordable rates. And uh, this is a, uh, it's one of these growing, um, I'll call them tertiary industries because, you know, with the rise of self-publishing, the designers and the formatters, the formatters are also getting a lot of business too. So, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you want to self-publish a book, there are a number of folks out there with good credentials who can help you make that happen. Wonderful. Um, one more question that we've got from our chat room. It's Amazon again. What are some of the books that had the strongest impact on your writings? All righty. Well, let's see if I, I, I can pinpoint a few of them. Um, I think the biggest one really was the, uh, was the book that I co-authored with the late Hal Moore. Uh, that was the Hal Moore on leadership book. That mm -hmm. one really had a tremendous impact on me, not only as a writer, but uh, you know, I, I think also as an individual uh, because, you know, here was a, uh, here was an out, here was a rough outline and parts of it were fleshed out and probably about, uh, 15,000 words or so. That was what Hal Moore had started and, uh, using a lot of his personal papers and notes and interviews that we had done previously, you know, I was able to flesh it out, uh, to the book that it ultimately became and, uh, just a tremendous impact because you not only get to see, how more that we saw on the silver screen when he was played by Mel Gibson, you get to see just how inspirational of a leader he was and how so much of it came from the heart. You know, there were none of these scientific management principles or, you know, deep seated understandings of psychology. I mean, here you just had a man who was uh, good and knew that if you wanted to, you wanted your people to perform well, you had to treat them well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for those that haven't grabbed that book, please, please grab that. That is a wonderful book. Um, Wardog, you've not asked Mike any questions. You got any questions for him really quick? No, I'm just thrilled uh, by all of his work. I'm amazed. Right, yeah. The Wardog, I am so glad you're feeling better, brother. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, Google, are you there? You you just, you know, sitting there on mute. I am here. Okay. I'm just making sure. I was trying to hide in the background, you know. <laughs> Do you have any questions you want to ask Mike or anything? I think you guys kind of like covered everything. Like one of my questions was what got you into writing, but you answered that. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've tried writing a book and I got through like four pages and I was like, nope, too much. Trust me, it it, it takes uh, it takes time and you got to be dedicated. Trust me, I wrote a script. Yep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but back to Days of Theory, Mike, is there anything that you want to tell people about this book uh, and then obviously where to get it and and is there any way that they can get this into schools if, if they're uh, interested in that? No, absolutely, brother. So let's see. Uh, it is available pretty much wherever books are sold. You can get it at uh, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, you can get it at Books a Million. Um, uh, there are uh, there are ways that you can buy it wholesale as well. And uh, yeah, um, very easy for any school libraries out there. Uh, through either Ingram or any one of the distributors that libraries use. Uh, it's very easy for them to uh, get a copy and uh, also to get a copy at a discount. And uh, I think just one thing that I can tell to uh, all of our listeners out there, you know, if there's, a, if, there's, if there's just one overarching thing that I would like them to take away uh, from Days of Fury, is that uh, you know it's a story of what the uh, spirit of the American servicemen and service women, for that matter, uh, can accomplish when the chips are down and the odds are stacked against you, and uh, you know really just to give a uh, broader view of the human element of war and what it looks like from a soldier's eye view, who's right there on the front lines, and you know just the sacrifices and the uh, the intensity of combat itself which I think tends to get lost in uh, more of the bird's eye level view histories. And I think tends to get lost on some of the uh, higher echelon decision makers, you know, so they can know that, you know, if and when you do decide to send uh, folks into harm's way, this is going to be the downstream effect of what happens. Yeah. And if you are not familiar with Mike Gordia, please go to MikeGordia.com. I know there's like 15 or 20 books that I, I know of that I need to get my hands on all of them. Uh, he's also got a couple of children's books, which are phenomenal. Like I love his kids books. Like if I love them, you should love them too. Um, please go check out his, his website and, and look at all the books that he's got. Grab the books if you're able to. Um, Mike, give my praise to your cover illustrator, LMS Illustration and Design, because they do amazing work, brother. I Again, I'm blown away by the cover. Like I said, man, I pulled it out of the envelope yesterday. It's like, oh, my God, it's a tank. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I do have one question real quick. Okay. I know. <laughs> what, um, like, what books are in the, in the pipeline right now? Oh, sure thing. Yeah. So uh, as a matter of fact, I'm about um, at present, I'm about 15 days out from finishing my latest book. It's called Skybreak, the 58th Fighter Squadron in Desert Storm. 
Oh. And uh, this is a story of an F-15 squadron, and they were the top MiG-killing aces of the conflict. Uh, they shot down more enemy MiGs than any other air unit in that conflict. Um, they also had a record for the highest number of MiG-29s that they killed, and also the highest number of double kills. I mean, uh, I mean, these guys were very young pilots, all of them untested in combat, going up against uh, these battle-hardened um, veterans from the Iran-Iraq War. And uh, man, these young pilots, like 25 and 26, they, they were just blowing these Iraqi MiGs out of the sky left and right. And uh, that I think is um, that I think is going to be uh, something that resonates very well with the Air Force community. And then let's see, after uh, Skybreak is uh, all settled up, got uh, got another book on the horizon. Uh, it's called Danger Forward, biography of a gentleman named Paul Gorman. And uh, Gorman, he was a uh, young hero of Porkchop Hill, stayed in the military, and as a field grade officer, you know, as a lieutenant colonel, he was the principal architect of what we now know today as the Pentagon Papers. Nice. Am I the only one that had like Maverick and Iceman in my head when he was describing his first book that's about to be finished? Like all I thought about was Top Gun, Migs and Top Gun, (laughs) and Michael Ironside saying this kid's going to get himself killed. Like that's all I thought about. (laughs) Um, I've got one more question in chat, if you don't mind, Mike. Sure thing, brother. Um. We had a, a medic listening for the first time tonight, and they lied out of chat by, uh, to go cook. Um, but have you ever thought about branching out and writing about other forms of service like public safety? I have, as a matter of fact. You know, and it's funny that uh, it's funny that the listeners should mention that because I uh, I was actually bouncing around a, a few story ideas uh, involving uh, stories from the Highway Patrol. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, and uh, there were also uh, there were also a few good FBI related stories that I wanted to uh, that I really wanted to get my hands on, um, but yeah, that is definitely something that is in the hopper for me, and yeah, that's definitely uh, something that I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be putting out to audiences, you know, for uh, yeah, for as long as my uh, my body and what's left of my sanity will let me write. <laughs> Well, if COVID's got anything to say about that, um, <laughs> I, I need to, I need to hit up with you offline and, and talk to you about a few things that I'm working on. No joke, and bounce some ideas off of you and get your take. But that is another story for another day, Mike. As always, brother, I'm really looking forward to reading this when I can because everybody knows I've not yet finished. Betsy's fight series. Shut the fuck up, Betsy. I'm trying. God damn it. Um, I can hear her in my head right now. <laughs> you haven't read fight two yet. Um, but uh, as soon as I can, I can finish the fight series. I will definitely read Days of Fury. <laughs> um, phenomenal job as always. From what I'm seeing, and and like I said, if you're a Marine, you you got some images to look at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but please go pick up uh, Mike Gordia's Days of Fury, Ghost Troop, and the Battle of 73 Easting. I don't think you'll regret it because I've yet to regret anything I've uh, looked at of this man's and, and told people to go out and, and grab. Uh, Oink, Wardog, Google, anything else really quick, and then we'll let Mike go. 
Nope. Like I said, uh, I think you're doing it the right way and the, and the right style and everything else. So keep doing what you're doing, brother. All right, brothers. Well, thank you so much. It is awesome to connect with all of you again. Oink, always good to see you. War Dog, so glad you're feeling better. Sister Google, always good to hear from you. I wish uh, wish you all the best as we try to navigate the last, uh, or what hopefully will be the last of this COVID nonsense. Right. <laughs> right on. D- DV6 went limp and fell out, so he's not on here with this, but I'll tell him uh, that you said uh, he needs to take more blue pills at night so he can actually <laughs> listen. <laughs> all right. All right, brother. Thank you for coming on, brother. Thank you so much. All righty, Bo. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure, brother. Same to you, brother. You have a great evening. All righty. You as well. So that was Mike Gordia, uh, the author of Days of Fury, Ghost Troop, and the Battle of 73 Eastern. Again, please go grab that. You can grab it almost anywhere books are sold. Smile at Amazon.com and make DD Farm your charity of choice, you know, and a portion of your, sh- just just say a portion of your shopping cart goes to DD Farm. Um, I need to eat. And they download sh- pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, Kindle as as well. Um, I need to eat my Wendy's Chicken McNuggets that I didn't get to eat earlier. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll listen to Oink, Wardog, and Google tell you about their week and how fun it's been while I scorf down my few nuggets uh, <laughs> that I've got to eat here. So you guys have at it. Uh, just just make it a real show. Make it fun. How's that? Bo, you guys have Wendy's in the mountains? Yeah, actually, we do. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, man, if, boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Got Wendy's that was good. Mountains. I ain't never in my entire life. <laughs> Got I got to tell my mom that one. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Oh, man. <laughs> Google, how you been? Uh, you know, hanging in there. One day at a time. One day at a time. I thought you were eating, though. I'm trying to set shit up so I can eat. Okay? <laughs> I've got a laptop in my fucking lap. I'm trying to control the show. <laughs> like I got a lot of shit going on over here, all right? Oh man. <laughs> not, well, I gave you mean? guys the the Tanker Man update um when from his that? adventures from last week. No, I I gave them that. You gave it to us in chat. I know, but I'll give you the uh, like the the continual update. Okay, so give the So the latest update. is so they have put him, they gave him like pain meds and oh to take for three to five days. So he took it for three days and then he was fine. So I stopped giving it to him. <laughs> but now he's back to like holding up his right paw. And I'm like, you fucker. So I've <laughs> given him the pain meds again. Like this, I gave him a dose this morning and yesterday morning. Is he a hypochondriac? What does that mean? Somebody that isn't really hurting, but they play it up. <laughs> <laughs> he will milk you for anything he's worth. But the problem is, like, I don't know. It almost feels like I can feel something in there, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather, like, 
play it safe. Like he's not allowed to do any running and stuff anymore. Still, although six keeps for, keeps missing the memo, he was fine. And then I took him off of all that, and six just ignored that memo. So <laughs> when I take him out, he doesn't do any running and stuff. My six takes him out. It's a whole different story, but I don't. I feel like it doesn't even matter if he's running around or not, because he can be laying on the couch all day and get up and hobble around. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's um, it's slightly concerning. And then, of course, I pulled two two quills out this past week. One of those actually looked pretty beat pretty big or maybe it was just the angle of the photo i don't know <laughs> no they both were they were they were a decent size and the problem was with those two that i pulled they were like they had already broken off so like the the vet i'm pretty sure they took x-rays they must have like they could see there was a quill but they couldn't get it unless they were to do surgery on them and they were just like, it'll come out, like, just pay attention to it. So <clears throat> I stabbed myself with the first one before I pulled it out. <laughs> All right. Yep. And then the next day, I'm writing with my left hand, and I stabbed myself with the le my left pointer finger. So I'm writing, and all day, I'm like, why the fuck does my finger hurt? It was like eight hours later that I'm like, hey, I stabbed myself yesterday. <laughs> so you can only pick your nose with your right finger. Got yep. it. <laughs> Basically. Yep. So, and then, of course, it's been so freaking nice out here. Like 70s, 80s, right? It's been beautiful. So finally, on Wednesday, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to bring all the horse blankets and drop them off to be cleaned. Which is fine if it had remained nice because now it's fucking 45 and raining and cold. And now you need them. Yeah, I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then earlier today, since it was raining this morning, Ash didn't get to go out. So at like, I don't know, like five o'clock-ish, he decided... He made an he made the executive decision to let himself out of the barn and broke through the chain. So yeah. Nice. Fits <laughs> like, in perfectly. I know. I'm like this jerk. It's <laughs> like, my God. So hopefully this rain and cold stuff will be gone soon. I kind of got used to being able to wear a t-shirt outside. It's about 40, so, uh, yeah, we still wear T-shirts outside. <laughs> of course, you know, it's Alaska. Well, I was going to say, good. <laughs> like, like, normal is 10 for you. Uh, pretty much in winter, anyway. Right. Like, it's just annoying, I guess. You said it's 40 in uh, Alaska? We got 51 right now. <laughs> <laughs> Heat wave, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm facing 92s and 93s here in Florida, man. Yeah, with 100% humidity too. Mm -mm, been there, done yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
don't need to even take a shower because hell, by the time you get out there in the fucking, you walk outside, it's like hits you right in the face, man. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there before. It was ninety two uh, the can other you, day. Can at you my walk house. out? And uh, can you walk out uh, in Alaska in shorts and a shirt? Oh hell yeah. Yeah, like I said, any anytime it's above forty, we're out in shorts and t shirt. <laughs> Especially after a long ass there. fucking winter, you know. <laughs> I guess it That's was because you live there. I guess yep. it was like a sauna when you came down to my house that day. Oh, dude, I'm glad the air conditioning worked. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Him and his wife and, and little one comes in and they are all beat fucking red. And and they just had got out of the car. They didn't mosey around or nothing. They just got out of the car and they walked up the ramp and they walked in and they were fucking pickle beat red, dude. I was like, is it hot enough for you? And his face at me was like, I'm a fucking choke you to death. Like <laughs> That's funny. They got, got 90, 47 tomorrow with rain. It got 92 at my house the other day. <laughs> yeah, we, that's we, what we, I mean. We, we did hit 70s uh, last week. So oh, dude, that, that's sure fucking special. Iraq weather for Alaska. Well, I'm sure Frosty was out there fucking burning his ass up. It's probably why he's not here. He's probably <laughs> recovering. <laughs> <laughs> now, me, I get to sit in the office, so I'm not too bad. Heat casualty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Did you ever think but in like all I your said, days whew. that you would like seriously be susceptible to heat casualty in seventy degree weather? Like, <laughs> yeah, people don't realize. I mean, when this when it's seventy five up here, I mean, it it feels a hell of a lot warmer. Believe it or not. Well, that's just like because when, the sun is just right in your face. I mean, just well, twenty hours a day too with that. Well, that's the funny thing. Like when we came back from Iraq, you know, we. We came back in February, so in Iraq, that's fucking freezing weather. That was like 80-degree weather, and it felt like 30-degree weather to us, you know, because we're used to 145-degree fucking all day, every day, man. And I, we came back, and we had our fucking little green fuzzies and shit on, and <laughs> and, and my, my father-in-law at the time was like, are you cold, though? And I was like, dude, it's, it's, it's He's man, <laughs> and no joke, it was like 82 degrees here, and I was fucking freezing balls for the longest of time. I was like, damn it. <laughs> yup. I remember my trip back from uh, Okinawa, Japan, PCS over to Germany. We had to land in Chicago, and we got out. Of course, we had our dog with us. We left Okinawa. It was 75, 80 degrees. We get to Chicago. It was minus 20 wind chill. So, <laughs> the fucking dog didn't even want to piss, man. <laughs> Fuck that. I remember when That's we got. Funny. I remember when we got on the tarmac when we first got back, and you know, almost all tarmacs are like, for some reason, hurricane weather. Like, there's wind blowing from every fucking direction. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is up with that. But we get, we stepped out, and we all went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, you know how you like cover your chest, like like you're laying down in the fucking coffin. That's what we all done as soon as we stepped off that fucking plane. We're like, "Oh shit!" Just takes your breath away. <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Where's the dust storm it's at? Funny. <laughs> Too funny. Oh shit. Um, is there any other farm updates, Google, that uh Six didn't get to tell us about or you've not told us about yet? Mm, farm updates. I know well, I don't know what Six told you guys. 
Uh, he just I was doing the dishes. So well, he basically told us that we're trying to figure out how to do sponsorships, which I didn't know. Um, which is why you need to call me. Um, which so, I didn't know either. <laughs> right. That's what, <laughs> it's a that's, good thing that he mentioned mentioned this like that, ahead of time. That's why I asked you the question I did in our in our personal messages. Um, but he uh, he just told us about you know the the shirt sales and, and all that and and the road trip and that's about it. Okay. Yeah, that's about all that's been going on. I mean, other than what I updated you guys on. Right. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I did cut six off because I wanted to get Mike in uh, before he had to go because I, I really wanted to. He's used to being him. cut off. Don't worry. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he was. that marital problems we were talking about earlier. <laughs> that was great. That was he great. Was, he, he's so funny because he was like, I swear I was waiting for your response being you don't even have your new phone. It's in here. I was like, <laughs> I was at my desk trying to get homework done. <laughs> like, I didn't even know that you didn't have your phone. <laughs> oh, man. I, there were so many things I wanted to say, but I was like, I'll just sum it up in a GIF. And I just kept sending GIFs every time she would say that something was, and then Six would say something. I just sent GIFs. <laughs> that was funny, though. <laughs> He's like, you can't talk about those marital problems. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know we had any. <laughs> Thanks for letting me in on the secret. <laughs> My God. <laughs> you should have been like, oh, is that the other wife you're talking about now? <laughs> right? see, what, see what he said. <laughs> He'll have forgotten this conversation by tomorrow morning. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Don't worry. Oh my God! Jesus yeah, that God. was funny. Ooh. Oh, I'm crying yep. over here. Uh, so, are you going to be on with this Monday night, uh, Google? Yes. Or do you yeah. got fuel? I mean, <laughs> it's it's asynchronous. My schooling. Oh, I was going to say, what is? <laughs> I was well, you guys <laughs> mentioned school, so it's asynchronous, which it took me like two full semesters to figure out that asynchronous is on my own and synchronous is do it when you're supposed to be in class. Yeah, it's like asexual is self-greeting. I'm like, <laughs> why can't you just say show up for class or do it on your own time? Because they oh, have, we to, have use... to be fancy. I'm yeah, like, my God. Yeah, they got to use these fancy words. It's like for the longest of time, cucumber sandwiches was a poor person's fucking food. And now all these rich people are like, oh, my God. So if you take a sandwich and you put mayonnaise and salt and pepper and cucumber on it, oh, my God. And I'm like, dude, we've been doing that since like I can. No, remember. you take peanut butter and cucumber uh, <clears throat> on a sandwich <laughs> or peanut butter and banana it's like but not peanut butter banana and cucumber because like, that's just not good it's like a few years ago bojangles comes out with a fucking fried bologna biscuit and i'm like dude we've been doing that for fucking ages and you're selling it for three dollars <laughs> yeah they're selling it for fucking three dollars a pop and we can take three dollars oh, and make a whole family meal out of fucking fried bologna <laughs> biscuits like what the fuck and still have some left over. And I'm like, seriously <laughs> right now? Love it. 
gotta love it. Oh, Gabby, we found out we're trying like different fruits and veggies with her. She loves pomegranate. She's a big fan. Cool. She's a big fan. So like, she'll like like they can only eat the seeds, Mm -hmm. but she can forage for the seeds. Scooby definitely loves her fucking cucumbers. And now she likes green beans all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> Gabby still does not do green beans. She's like, no, thanks. Yeah. My mom um, gives her um, not the big green beans, but they're like, they're, they're like the baby of green beans bef- before right. they actually grow into like these long ass fucking green beans that you can can. And she'll take it from her fruit bowl, fruit and vegetable bowl, and she'll take it up to her seed bowl. She'll drop it in her seed bowl, and she'll cover it in seeds, and she'll eat it like that. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, she does that with all her fruits and vegetables <laughs> And now. a little crunch. I'm like, what the <laughs> That's fuck? just weird. We, 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 didn't know what she was, we didn't know what she was doing the other day because she'd done it with a piece of lettuce out of nowhere. And we are like, what is she doing? And she dropped it in her bowl. Then she takes her, her, her fucking beak and shoves seed over it and then starts eating it and i'm like that's great this is a smart that's ass funny. bird this bird is way smarter than people give it fucking credit for <laughs> <laughs> like right she's well some of it is also like the foraging aspect mm-hmm. of it like like i said with the pomegranate i just cut it in half and give her a half and she'll forage for like the seeds that she can't get right away yeah um it's good but she mama, also likes she likes her cucumber too, and she'll eat. She likes watermelon. Yeah, I've got a. We, we were going to get a watermelon the other day, but Mama was like, "Nah, it was so fucking expensive, like that shit." Um, yeah, it is. It is kind of expensive. So. Yeah, I mean, it's not even worth us doing a garden this year, but somebody did. So I, <laughs> I told you, I told Jada, I was like, so I found out that Gabby likes watermelon. She goes, "Good." I'm like. Yeah, but she's not going to eat all the watermelon that's in the fridge right now. She's like, so I can have a piece? I'm like, you can have like three of the four pieces. (laughs) And then just save me the one that I'm using for Gabby. (laughs) She's like, okay. Oh, Gabby also likes cherries and grapes. Oh, you know, I told you guys, Scooby, when she eats something, she goes, mmm. Mm, right? That's so funny. So I'm sitting here the other day and I forgot what I was watching. And Scooby was up on her perch next to her house, and she's facing the back wall, which she does all the time, and I've yet to figure out why. Um, but she's looking at the back wall, and she's like, mm, come here, mm, 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 come here. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're not eating. There's nobody in here but me. Like, what the fuck? Oh, that's funny. Put a mirror up there. See what she's doing. She doesn't like mirrors. Oh. <laughs> she hates mirrors. So I've got a little God. mirror that uh, that I use once in a while. And uh, when Mama was cleaning her cage out, um, probably two weeks ago now, we put her in her smaller cage, and we always sit her over here near me on on my uh, stand. And I got the the mirror out and I put it up next to her cage, not close at first. And she didn't pay no attention to it. So I moved it closer and I inched it closer every little bit. And when it was up at against her cage, she was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And she went to the other <laughs> side of the cage and climbed the cage and started grabbing her bell toy and like going crazy. I pulled the mirror away. No, I pulled the mirror away and she walks back down and she's fine. And I'm like, 
what the fuck? This is like full moons for fucking birds. Like, what the? F like, she just went. That's shit funny. Crazy. I've never seen a bird react like that with the mirror. She wouldn't like peck at it or nothing. She was just like, oh hell no, and walked away, <laughs> climbed up the cage, grabbed her bell, and went. Nee, 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 nee. Like, imagine oh, a dog man. taking a sque squeaky toy and like doing that thing back and forth with its head like it's trying to kill it. That's what she was doing with her bell toy. Like, she was going to town. I thought she was going to break the bell off. That's how hard she was doing it. Like, legitimately. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was great. She's She's got more than a personality. I'll say that. She's... Right? She she has her cute moments. She has her aww moments. Oh, that's that's another thing. <laughs> she does this fucking aww shit all the time. And if my mom's in here doing it with her, they do it like nonstop. It's like aww aww aww, and I'm like, oh my god, you too. <laughs> like, <laughs> Who's more confused, Mama or the bird? Which one? <laughs> well, uh, at this point in time, it's my mom's bird. It's not my bird. It's my mom's bird. Like, I'm not joking. She loves my mom to death. Like, oh, when, she, when my mom covers her cage at night, she always tells her night, night. We figured out that yeah. Scooby is telling my mom night, night under her breath now. She's like, yay, 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 yay. It's so fucking hilarious. And if my mom doesn't say it, she will lose her shit for like 30 minutes. I'm not joking. She will sit there with her cage covered and she will lose her shit if my mom does not say night night. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you you guys think kids are bad. No. Get you a fucking bird that can talk back to you. <laughs> Birds are pretty hilarious though. <laughs> fucking Yogi isn't this entertaining and that dog is fucking entertaining. Like he sounds like a goddamn Ewok just laying there. Like what the fuck? <laughs> he doesn't even sound like Chewy. He straight up sounds like a fucking Ewok. Like I don't know what that fucking dog has had happen to him in the past, other than getting shot that one time. But other than that, that that dog's went through some shit. Like you can tell. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man! And not only that. He gets depressed really fucking quickly. Like, quickly. Like, <laughs> if Mama goes outside with Daisy and he he notices it, he comes in my room and he, like, lays his head on my, on, on the front of the recliner. He just lays it on there and looks at me and he goes, mm, 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 and he gets louder. <laughs> he gradually gets louder. <laughs> Until he's got his mouth wide open going, ah! and I'm like, oh my God, mama, come get this fucking dog. <laughs> and it's not like puppy whines. It's straight up ah! like a fucking screeching owl or some shit. Like, holy fuck. Oh my God. Um, well, we do need to do junk that's in the news. So we'll go ahead and segue into that. Um, I'll give Google a minute to prepare and we'll play the junk in the news intro, which is 50 seconds long, Google. So you've got 50 seconds to prepare. Are you ready? Ready. <laughs> ready. Steady. Go. 
lies is not called a lie. Called a executive privilege. I'm Fred G. Sanford, and the G is for Guadalcanal. Wanna see my diary? <laughs> Were you a veteran? That's right. Oh, did you see much action? Well, only on me. <laughs> And now, it's time to find out what stupid junk is in the news. All right. Since I wasn't here last week, I'm sure they did not do the news for you guys. Uh, Exactly my point. (laughs) So we have like two weeks worth of news, but it's not going to be that long because we also have some sound clips and stuff. So we'll start with the news. Um, the New York City Department of Education Children's Show features, um, they have like a new children's show, and it's really drag queens in training. It's about Little hot, little Miss Hot, hot Mess, and it's, <laughs> it's just kind of creepy. So, like, like seriously. So, a children's show on PBS featured drag queen and author Little Miss Hot Mess singing, dancing, and reading a book about drag queens to an intended audience of three to eight-year-olds. You don't want to hear my thoughts. <laughs> no. no. The bow. <laughs> Look, I had, oh, look. Me and my mom had a taste test earlier with some libations, we'll say. And I'm in a, a really happy place right now. I no, <laughs> no Google, no. I'm no. Sorry. Not tonight, fucksicles. Not tonight. <laughs> okay. Nope. If, if we good. get a, another topic, let's let's go for it's another a- topic to piss me off. How's that? <laughs> it's- it's just kind of kind of scary no, <laughs> that this is what's going on. Scary um, is an understatement. Supposedly, there is a report out um, that airlines might weigh passengers before flights. Wait, Although what? the FFA says that that is not true, so <laughs> I don't know which is correct. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> So there's a, there are stories circulating saying that airline passengers might be required to be weighed before getting on their flight. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's been going around for years, so I don't know what to believe. They've been saying that for, what, a decade? Yep, and now the FAA is like, nope, nope, that's not happening. Yeah, that's that's what that's what's killing me, too. All of a sudden, the FAA is like, no, we're not going to weigh people. This has been a story for 10 years, and you're just now saying, no, 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 no. Exactly. So I'm, I'm with you there. I don't know what to believe. I don't know if it's <laughs> going to eventually it's, happen or what. It's kind of one of those, like, hmm, I think maybe they should only weigh certain passengers. But supposedly, if they do start weighing it, it will be passengers selected at random. Well, see, even then, that's still going to be a discrimination. That that to me is discrimination because you're basing pricing on someone's weight. I know. And there's a lot of people that can't help their weight because it's not an eating disorder. It's either a genetic disorder or medicines like me, for example, fuck prednisone. It can go kill itself. <laughs> well, and for some people, it's just one of those. It's like, 
I mean, even if you take the skinniest kid in the bunch yep. and weigh that person. That's what I'm saying. There, it's going to be discrimination no matter like, what. Right. Exactly. All right. Um, moving along, we'll do one more and then we'll do the the sound clips. So you guys remember the, the shooting that occurred in, in Brooklyn Center, correct? Yes. So there... Um, their city or whatever has approved unarmed civilian traffic enforcement. Wait, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota approved a host of police reforms over the weekend. This is not last weekend, but the weekend before, including the implementation of an unarmed civilian traffic enforcement branch. So let me get this straight. Dude comes at you with a knife and you ain't got shit, but you can defend yourself. Dude comes at you with a 12-gauge shotgun. You ain't got nothing to defend yourself, but yeah, you're... No! I, I, how many people are going to sign up to fucking fill those positions? I mean, you ain't catching this dumbass. Like, I, I know we try like to keep the suicide word out of discussions, but that's a suicide like fucking watch. That's literally what that is. Like yep. you're you're asking people to get in front of a a fucking armed asshole to save lives without any way of defense whatsoever. Like exactly who um, who, who approved this exactly? <laughs> the council members they voted okay. four to one for it. Four to one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Four people one, out of one five? smart person on the city council, dude. That <laughs> one like anchor to city council. <laughs> that one person needs to get the fuck out of there. That's what they need to do. I know. What the oh, fuck? Man. What What were they smoking um, at this meeting? Like, <laughs> no. Oh, oh, hey, man. You know what we need to implement since the since the Brooklyn City shooting. Oh, like, exactly. we we should definitely put. Men, women out there without anything. Just, just, just wait. No, listen, listen, man. Without any guns or any protection, and let them be the ones that stop these guys that go on mass killings. And then we can say we done the right thing. Like we don't have to get law enforcement involved, man. Yeah, defund the police, bro. Yeah, that's what we'd be doing, man. Like that's how I see that fucking whole cancel fucking session going. Like that's exactly, exactly. what happened. So, so the Community Safety and Violence Prevention Resolution um, indicates that the area does not rely solely on our armed law enforcement officers. The provision mandates a community response department made up of volunteers, mental health professionals, and social workers that will intervene in matters. Yeah, that's called daily <clears throat> where a city fucking resident life. Is primarily experiencing a medical, mental health, disability related or other behavioral issue. And then Brooklyn Center will also use, utilize its unarmed traffic branch to, to enforce non-moving violations in a bid to reduce the number of stops and conducted by its police department. Wait, so not only is it to stop perpetrators from mass shootings, but it's to stop fucking vehicle? But what? Wait. What? What? How does that? <laughs> these aren't wow. rental cops. Like what, these. What? Dude. What's in the drinking water up there? Holy shit! <laughs> like. I like, don't know. I thought I heard the stupidest stupid a couple weeks ago, but no. 
Like I thought I heard well, dad at the beginning of this segment. No. <laughs> well, there's there's another city councilman. I forget what state it was in. It was just like a few days ago. He got he had his car stolen. And then he's like down there in Georgia, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. And he's like, they dragged me down the street. Like for half a block, I had to let go so I so I wouldn't get killed. <laughs> but I'm not pressing charges. Oh hell no, man! <laughs> like, shit, what? he deserves to have yeah, his shit stolen. Like, like, <laughs> like this Brooklyn Center I was bullshit. Call <laughs> like this Brooklyn <laughs> Center shit. It's like, hey, I've got a water balloon. I'm gonna throw at you if you don't stop speeding. Like, I'm gonna speed more because you're a dick. <laughs> like, no. Like that is oh, the epitome of Karens. Like that that is the epitome of Karens right there. That yep. you just explained a Karen fucking civilian enforcement, whatever the fuck they're called. I don't even know what the fuck they're calling it because I've lost my shit already. <laughs> like the Karen Council. I had no. to hold I had to hold back at the beginning because I don't want to say some shit that you guys are gonna hate me for. But <laughs> I know like there's one more story that's kind of crazy. Whoa. So New York City started this trend that they are banning police um, from their pride parade. They're not the only city that are now doing it. I heard that. Denver, Colorado also has banned police from their pride parade. The greatest Um, thing about that is you can't actually ban a law enforcement away from a mass (laughs) gathering, first off. It's not happening. It's a mass gathering. There's going to be law enforcement. All right. I know. Um, for for New York, the the Pride uh, um, in their statement, NYC Pride urged members of law enforcement to acknowledge their harm and to correct course moving forward. The sense of safety that law enforcement is meant to provide can instead be threatening and at times dangerous to those in our community who are most often targeted with excessive force and or without reason. Well, if you're banning the law enforcement, expecting them to learn from their mistakes, they're not going to fucking learn, assholes. Like, um, was, and on, on top they, of that, on top what? of that, they obviously don't understand how federal law works at any mass gathering that that can that can start a riot or ensue anything or can be be. It, it like like that a mass gathering has to have law enforcement but, that's the bottom line but both this the next sentence is the best they will also increase the event's security budget to boost the presence of well, community-based security and first responders while reducing the police department's presence what <laughs> so what? So what? Paramedic is not going to go into a hostile environment without police protection. What the hell? So, so let me we get this want un- to be kept safe. We don't want the cops, but we're going to hire private security. Look, I've got some gay friends who I've already seen like lose their shit over this because they think it's equally as fucking retarded. But let me get this straight: you've increased your security budget. So what? You're going to get mm-hmm. people dressed up as fucking brawnies out there with fucking unicorn helmets and shit, going, "Don't you dare! I'll fart sparkles and glitter on you!" Like that's exactly what you're telling me is going to happen during these fucking pride parades. While paramedics are standing back, going, "Nah, I ain't going in there." 
They got fucking guns, dude. You you, you gonna call in well, law enforcement or you just gonna let your bro die? Like that's exactly what they're doing. See, here's the problem now. They are actually discriminating against gay police officers. Oh no, that's because not how they're this not works. allowed to march with them either. That's not how this works. So you there's know what? that. Okay. Um <sighs> we do have to get to some sound clips. Yeah, we do, and I don't know what we're gonna put them in. <laughs> they're pretty funny. Okay, so oh, this past week there were hearings held on Capitol Hill for the ATF um nominee, Mr. Oh, shit. What's his name? Uh, hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. Oh, it wasn't up already? It was, but then I closed the tab by accident. Um, so David Chipman is the nominee for ATF. Okay. Way back when, he said that he agrees with banning assault weapons. So we'll listen to Cruz question him first. The AR-15 is one of, if not the most popular rifle in America. It's not a machine gun, it's a rifle. Uh, your public position is that you want to ban AR-15s. Uh, with respect to the AR-15, uh, I support uh, a, a ban as, um, as has been presented um, in uh, a Senate bill uh, and supported by the president. Senator Feinstein had a bill uh, to ban some 2,000 specified rifles and, and other firearms in her bill which a supermajority of senators voted against in a Democratic Senate. You said that bill didn't go far enough and you wanted an even broader ban to ban. You said it didn't go far enough. Is that right? Um, Senator, thanks for that question and the ability to, to clarify. What I did say is that Senator Feinstein's bill uh, did not um, address uh, those firearms um, that are currently in the possession of Americans. You mean that you don't just want to ban the manufacturer of those rifles, you don't just want to make it illegal to sell those rifles, but you want to actively have government go after the people who currently possess firearms, and if they don't register and submit to all of the onerous restrictions of the National Firearms Act, presumably confiscate their weapons? Senator, um, what I've said publicly is that uh, as an advocate, uh, I prefer a system where the AR-15 um, and other assault weapons are regulated under the National Farms Act. Honestly, after listening to that one, I'm like, eh, you know, maybe, maybe not. I don't agree with him, but it doesn't sound so terrible. He's not really asking to explain or define anything. Now, the next clip... I will tell you it's lengthy, but there's a reason for it being lengthy. It is Senator Tom Cotton questioning the ATF guy. Grab you guys some snacks and drinks. It's three and a half minutes long, but it's it's great. Let me tell you. Here we go. There are not criminal consequences. I want to turn to a second matter now, Mr. Chipman. You have called for an assault weapons ban. I have a simple question for you. What is an assault weapon? Senator, um, an assault weapon would be, in, in the context of the question you asked, what Congress uh, defines it as. So you're asking us to ban assault weapons. We have to write legislation. Can you tell me what is an assault weapon? How would you define it if you were the, chair, the head of the ATF? How have you defined it over the last several years uh, as your role as a gun control advocate? Um, Senator, um, if I'm confirmed as ATF director, um, you know, my recollection is the only um, um, 
process but by which ATF is weighed in is that I know there's a demand letter three program which requires multiple reports, uh, multiple sale reports on the southwestern border. And ATF in that program has defined an assault rifle as any semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine um, above the caliber of 22, which would include a 223, which is, you know, largely the so, AR-15 round. So you, you believe that every weapon that takes a detachable magazine that can take a 22 round or, or 556 in the military parlance should be defined as an assault weapon? Um, let me clarify. Uh, what I believe I just said is any semi-automatic rifle. Um, with, okay, any semi-automatic rifle. Um, what? what that's the definition. A detachable magazine that takes a 5.56 or 22 round should be defined as an assault weapon. Senator, um, you asked me um, if ATF um, had uh, used this term, and I was sharing with you my knowledge of a program in which ATF has defined this term, um, and it is in the Demand Letter 3 program, and that rifle is a semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine with a round greater than a 22 caliber. And in those cases, firearms dealers on the southwest border are required to make a multiple sale report to ATF. I, I'm, I'm amazed that that might be the definition of assault weapon. That would basically cover every single modern sporting rifle in America today. Um, let me put it this way. If, if I wanted to buy an assault weapon, and I walked into Walmart or Cabela's or some other firearm dealers, and I looked up on the wall where they were labeling their weapons. Would there be a label on the wall for assault weapon? Um, I don't believe, um, Senator, and thank you for this question, that the firearms industry has used the term assault rifle in their marketing um, since there was a ban on it. Uh, it was after that that they changed uh, their use of the term assault rifle to the modern sporting rifle. Well, so I've been in Walmarts and I've been in Cabela's and I've seen that you can find sections for, for pistols or handguns or for shotguns or for rifles because those are actual kinds of firearms. I think our exchange here illustrates that there really is no such thing as an assault weapon. That is a term that was manufactured by liberal lawyers and pollsters in Washington to try to scare the American people into believing that the government should confiscate weapons that are wildly popular for millions of Americans to defend themselves and their families and their homes. I'm sorry, I died laughing like the whole fucking time because he never answers the question, what is an assault weapon? Fucking potatoes. Oh man, potato, it's, potato. it's so funny. It's like, and this guy wants to be in charge of the ATF. He can't even explain yeah. what an assault weapon is. I wrote a fucking paper on the whole term assault weapon. What really got me about the whole thing is, <laughs> is the guy questioning doesn't really push to say, to, to get him to say, what it is to him. He just keeps defining what quote unquote ATF has, has labeled an assault right. weapon, which again, there is no such thing as an assault weapon because newsflash, it was manufactured. It was first manufactured by media. And then 
like you said, liberal lawmakers and, and people in Washington decided to take that and run with it. It's like like Google was talking about um, generational names the other night. And I was like, well, the only one that is actually federally recognized is the greatest generation. All the others, the media has perpetuated. <laughs> and now people are like, oh, that's a real generation. No, it's not. It's just something that we have to call everybody to label society because labels are yep. cool. Um, but yes, I do have the next clip. Uh, I, I for, actually forgot to pull it, pull it, but it is here. It's okay, Bo. It's okay. So I I do like how Senator Cotton was like, so if I go into Walmart, will there be a sign? <laughs> for- <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that, that right there just knocked out everything uh, fucking Cotton said before that. Because he was like, oh, yeah, this is what you call it. So you're going to have a aisle dedicated to assault weapons. That's basically what you're telling me. Which was hilarious. Now, <laughs> Senator Kennedy, he also questioned this guy. And I think he did a better job trying to force him to explain what an assault weapon is. Oh, by the way, that's a pretty private question. Um, I have the I'll, I'll share the, the gun I'm proudest of. It's a Smith and Wesson Treasury commemorative gun. And the serial number is my birth date. Oh, that's cool. Congratulations. Do you believe in banning assault weapons? I do, sir. OK, define assault weapons. Um, assault weapons would be something that um, members of Congress would define. Well, how do you define it? You're going to be running the agency. Um, I, Senator, I think this is a good question. If I am um, confirmed as ATF director... Um, i got 35 seconds left. Define it for me, would you please, sir? Um, What's an assault there, weapon? Yeah, Senator, uh, um, the bill uh, to ban assault what, weapons is what is your dozens of pages. Of There's weapon. no way I could define an assault weapon. You don't have any. You're going to run an a, this agency, and you don't have a definition of assault weapon. But I would be enforcing the definition that members yeah, of Congress. Yeah, but you're going to be passed. issuing rules and regulations. Just give me your definition. Um, I'll give you one definition that ATF. Give me your definition. Uses. One definition that ATF currently. Give me your definition. I can give you one definition. If you won't answer my question, I, how can I vote for you? I'm done, Mr. Chairman. I don't think I'm going to get an answer. That oh, right man. there in of itself. <laughs> how am I going to vote He's for like... you if you don't give me your definition? And then, well, and then and the he goes, look... I, can't, I can't really define it. <laughs> the look on Chipman's face when he says, well, if you can't give me a definition, how am I going to vote for you? The look on his face of, oh, my God, he's fucking right. He's called my bluff. Like... Perfect, amazing, like fucking. I don't like any any fucking politician <laughs> when it comes down to it. But Kennedy roasted him in front of everybody and made himself look like the biggest penis that could be up there in Washington right now. Like, there's no like. I I will go as far as to say that Biden and AOC don't look as bad as fucking Chipman right now, and they look pretty fucking bad. <laughs> Chipman just like he he looks like he looks like the cock that went through uh, the Wayans brothers ear on scary movie in the bathroom stall. That's what Chipman looks like right now. 
Like, not even joking. You have to seek therapy like AOC. It was, yeah. It yeah. was great. Yeah. The, the question that was that was kind of cut off, and I know it was in, in cut off in that specific clip. Kennedy, before he, like, asked him to define an assault weapon, he asked, "How much do you own any any guns? Yeah. And Chippen's like, well, I think that's kind of a personal question. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> How is that a personal question? Yeah, that you're you're literally an American setting a law for yourself and other Americans. Do you own any weapons? Yeah. You're going and, to be in I charge like, of this fucking department. What is your definition? Because you are going to be helping writing these. I I I will use I one definition by the ATF. No, give me your fucking definition, you ignoramus pompous dickwad. Like I know it was it. It's one of those like. I, t I try not to listen to like all the Capitol Hill hearings and, you know, I'll, I'll find like clips here and there and I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. But this one definitely <laughs> tops the cake. Like <laughs> when I, when I heard even, even Senator Cruz, he did a good job with being like, you know, yeah, I'm really surprised. We're trying to figure out, but I love how Chippen is like, well, an assault weapon is whatever Congress defines it to be. I was really surprised that Cruz kept his cool uh, with this. I know. I mean, I you know, I've seen good with Cruz and I've seen bad with Cruz. I've not agreed with everything that's come out of his mouth because he can be a dumbass. Yep. Um, but <laughs> when I've seen him, you know, up up on the floor t uh, talking with others when it comes to firearms, he loses his shit nine times out of ten and says some really demeaning things. But he didn't this time. He didn't have to. Yeah. Shipman just had to be himself. <laughs> Flagging Chipman done it on his own. Like you like you couldn't pay a comedy writer enough money to make some shit up like this. Like that was just that was that was nineteen eighties SNL skit right there. That's basically what that was. Back when it was, it was good. Uh, it was good. <laughs> Fucking great. But I love I do love it. It's like you wanna run the ATF, but you don't know what an assault weapon is. You can't define it. You want Congress to define it for you, but you want to be the head of the agency to ban assault weapons. Uh, I, I, really I mean, by love... definition, honestly, by definition, if you look up, I mean, there's a definition for assault weapon, yeah. but it really isn't. But if you separate the two words and you, um, or even, even if you look up the definition of assault weapon, a knife is a fucking assault weapon. I mean, a car can be an assault weapon. That's the right. thing. Like, assault like, weapon is a blanketed <laughs> term, again, made up, you know, like, there is yep. no legal definition other than, quote, unquote, the ATF. And even the ATF doesn't hold to that nine times out of ten unless it's string-knit situations. Like, it's a situational uh, definition from from my understanding. Um, I mean... It's one of those, it makes people look retarded. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, no joke. The If you want to say it's a legal definition, you can include some semi-automatic rifles, some pistols, and even some shotguns. 
Like, you literally can. It, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And he was trying to say, no, that's not what an assault weapon is. I believe I said, no, you, you, you said what an assault weapon was. Clearly, you stated it. Cruz was not wrong on this at all. And and neither yeah. was Chipman. Chipman, or not Chipman, but uh, Kennedy. Cotton. And, and Cruz oh. <laughs> was great. Um, Cotton and Chipman were just fucking retards. Like, fucktards. I said retards, but I mean fucktards. No, Cotton is pretty good. Yeah. Cotton well, was good as far as, like, if I go into Walmart. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mean Cotton. I mean Chipman. I'm, I'm so fucked up. They all start with C's now. I know. I know. Right? Fucking, They're all C's. <laughs> fucking Cotton, Chipman, Cruz, Kennedy. Mm-mm. Even though it's a K, <laughs> like, it's K. <laughs> Fuck. You guys knew what Close I meant. to see. I, like, I, I couldn't even get pissed off at this when when Google asked me to pull it. I was I was laughing my entire the entire time that I was pulling it because when I pull these pull these I turn closed captions on and I plug my headphones in so that it doesn't bother anybody uh, that's you know calling or anything. And I'm reading the closed captions and I am rolling like I am dying over here. And just hearing it again, I'm like, dude, you pompous asshole, you. you if, like, if he makes ATF, I oh, will man. fucking be surprised. If he makes it, it'll be dude, scary. Oh, scary is not even close to what it'll be. <laughs> well, like I said, I try not to do, like, clips from, like, senators asking questions or watching all the Capitol Hill hearings. Like, mm-hmm. I know people that do that stuff all day long. And that's all That's all they do. And I'm like, Well, I, I'm going to say <laughs> if they read our chat, they would think otherwise of you because, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of <laughs> novels you've written to us during, during certain speeches <laughs> and hearings. Well, <laughs> well no. That yeah, like when the president addresses oh, the nation. You weren't here. You weren't here that weekend when you were supposed to be, and I had to tell everybody that I had to turn off notifications for that night. And when I go to look at it, when I went to look at it, there was like twenty some messages, and all of them were from you, minus one from Oink at the beginning of the conversation. The rest of them were you, and I was like. Holy look, fuck. And these weren't look, like... I gave you guys the highlights. <laughs> oh, these weren't highlights. This was literally like a teleprompter just went by and told us everything that happened in that, what, hour and a half, two hours? I was like, oh my God. I said, That's what I mean. What the the highlights. I oh, gave you guys the highlights. Highlights were really head. low lights. Oh my God. Google <laughs> needs to fucking sign up for Cliff's Notes and just sell shit, dude. Like, that's what Google needs to do. <laughs> that, that's where the funding for the farm needs to come from Google's close notes for speeches. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, I know, yeah. I mean, well, I watch a lot of TV, but but not really. It's more like background noise for me. I don't know. Six would disagree yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, seriously, it's background noise. Like, I'll catch a story here and there. The other day, Six was like, Did you hear about this? I'm like, Oh, yeah, that was like three days ago. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Oh, Wardog's got to go out. Uh, you want to say anything before you go, brother? Uh, I just uh, keep <laughs> keep your head up uh, while dealing with uh, civilian bullshit again this week. Definitely. If if you can make it with us uh, Monday evening, brother, we'd love to have you there. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh twenty hundred again, you said, right? Yes, sir. Pre shows at right, seven. I'll, all right, I'll see you guys then. Salute. All right, brother. Thank you for coming on. Hope the family's good. Love you, brother. All right. Um, but what people don't understand, this this is Google. So Google, myself, and Six <laughs> were talking on the phone. It was when we were doing the banners, wasn't it? It was the banners, yeah. Um, so yeah. Six and Google called me and were discussing the banners I'd gotten them for the farm. And come to find out, Google had watched this uh, news report, or it was on, excuse me, while she was doing her schoolwork. This was her words, not mine. <laughs> and she just happens to look up. And she thought she's seen a DV shirt in <laughs> in one of these clips. So get this. She rewinds it, watches it, tells Six about it. And we're like, oh, did you get a screenshot? No, I didn't think about it. I was busy doing my schoolwork. So they explained the whole scenario to me again because I thought I heard it wrong. No, Google <laughs> literally looks up from her schoolwork, sees the DV shirt, goes, huh, that was one of our shirts. Let me rewind it to make sure. She rewinds it, sees it again, tells ZV6, continues her schoolwork. Oh, no, I forgot to get my cell phone out whilst I rewound it to make sure that I seen what I seen the first time. Because the second time, you know, fuck a screenshot, we can just pull it off the internet. Guess what? It's nowhere to be fucking found because they didn't put that fucking clip up. <laughs> this this is what I deal with and you guys wonder why I'm losing my shit all the time <laughs> and Google's like well I was busy doing my schoolwork I didn't think about it but you thought to rewind the motherfucker and make sure you see <laughs> like, I was studying for a test that I still failed <laughs> oh, I'm well spent <laughs> oh no, my right? god <laughs> That's like that's what people don't understand. I can study like all day long and still fail the fucking test. But I passed the class. I don't have to take it again. And it's one that I need for my major. So I got a C for my for my final grade. I'm like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Seriously. I'm glad you passed uh, your class. I'm still disappointed that you remembered to rewind the fucking news segment and didn't get a screenshot. Like, it would have taken you five seconds whilst rewinding to pull out your cell phone, go to photo camera thingy, whatever the fuck it is on your phone, take a fucking snapshot and go, look, six, <laughs> look what I seen on the TV. But no, I'm studying for a test. I forgot, even though I had the worth with all the <laughs> fucking rewind it and no make way. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you hell on that for as long as I can. As long as I can milk that, I'm going to pull a tank. As long as I can milk that, I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, she literally pulled a DV6. Like, that is that is what a DV6 would do. <laughs> you know, he's rubbing off on me. <laughs> How messy is your old. desk now? <laughs> I'm getting old. Hey, I heard there's a new Far Cry coming out. I haven't heard that, but I've seen that um, Rugrats is, you know, 
rebooted and I'm anyway, I'm not I'm not going down that. Nope. Nope, we're going to stop that there. Um Google, any more junk that's in the news? Far Cry 6. October 7th. What does that have to do with junk that's in the news? <laughs> I'm so sorry about the Far Cry things. <laughs> Good night, Red Place. <laughs> Red Place is signing off. That's why I said that. That Jesus is um Christ. all the news that I have for this week. Good because I'm I'm still in a happy place for now. I don't want it to ruin it. Somebody will. I know they will. Just a matter of time. Um. Well, do you want any? Uh, do you want to say anything uh, before we sign off tonight? Far Cry Six is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm good then. I haven't even finished the new Assassin's Creed. Yeah, there's a lot that they keep adding oh, to it, man. and we just I can't keep up. Like, I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck games. You guys are so days. much further ahead of me. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't even think Oink's that far ahead anymore. I think we're both in the, about the same spot now. Probably. I haven't played it in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> me either. I, I, I don't I've even got an know up, where I'm at. I've got an update that's a few months old. <laughs> I mean, I like download. in the game, I know that I'm at, I think I'm at my own settlement. I don't even know. I don't know. I I just don't want to fucking add more updates to something that I don't need when it's 58 gigabytes of fucking updates. <laughs> <laughs> When I that's when three I weeks see, of download there, folks, <laughs> right? When I see it, <laughs> three weeks, that's it. <laughs> when I see it's more than like two gigabytes of an update, I'm like, huh? Pause. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've no joke. I, I'm not joking you. Tom Clancy's Division, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Cyberpunk 2077 all have updates that I've put off for the last like six months. Nice. Yeah. So when I download something. I have to go in and I have to resume it and pause it so it doesn't start to fucking download while the other things are downloading. Because if you let it set on pause for so long, it automatically resumes itself. Well, I've learned how to fucking work around that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Oink, anything you want to say before we sign off tonight? Uh, join us uh, Monday for the Memorial Day special, and if you can't, uh, just remember this week. Uh, this weekend is uh, remembering those that we lost and paying tribute to them. And uh, if y'all need to reach out and talk to somebody, obviously uh, download the Objective Zero app, check them out, and uh, there's other places out there too. Battle in distress, 22 is the none, 92 for 22. The list goes on and on, folks. The main thing is, if you need help, reach out. There is somebody there that cares. Yep. Yep. Um. Next week we have without image, correct? I believe so. Uh, they're an independent band. I've, I'm sorry if that's not your name. I've, dude, this week has been <laughs> fucked up. Like, you guys do not know how fucked. Like, Oink knows a little bit. He knows one portion of it. The re yeah, like, yeah, it's been bad. Um, but. We have next week an independent uh, band coming on without image as well as Backpacks for Life are going to come on. And we're going to tell you guys about the lipstick challenge uh, that's happening uh, the following uh, Friday. So please tune in next Saturday, 2100, 9 p.m. right here on WDVRDVRadio.net. 
Next Friday is also a brand new frag out drag out. If nothing happens and I can edit the, uh, the new shows. Uh, I don't know about service dog show. I've not heard anything from them yet. Um, but yeah, if you can make it Monday, uh, the show will begin 2000, 8 PM Eastern standard time right here. DVRadio.net or on the radio King app. Just search DV radio. If you're not going to be at home near a computer, um, we're just going to try to have fun. We're not going to have a lot of music, but we're going to try and take a few breaks. Uh, we do have one independent uh, band that did give us permission to uh, play their music. Uh, if I get their files in time, we'll play it. Um, but yeah, just come have fun with us. You can tell us some stories and, and we'll we'll tell the stories uh, on air. Uh, we usually have fun on Memorial Day shows uh, as much as possible. Um, we do reminisce and... If you've been here before, you'll hear a lot of old stories that we've said before. And, and some of you that's not been here, you, there'll, there'll be some new stories. Um, and then Adam's going to be here. That's all I've got to say. Adam's going to be here. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, thank you all for tuning in tonight. Thank you for the new listeners and welcome uh, to you new listeners. Um, Hopefully I didn't scare you off with my news. <laughs> uh, right. And uh, if you can... Please share the podcast, share the post for the shows, uh, join us on the discord, uh, oink or Amazon can share that with you there in the chat. Join us over there and let others know that there's a place to come join us and have fun. Don't forget the DV radio giveaway. You've got until the last day of June, which is June 30th. And if a hundred people or more don't enter, we have to sadly cancel it. And if you want to support us, you can always go over to the DV radio store and just buy some shit, or you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash DV radio. Uh, don't forget to support DV farm at dvfarm.org, And you can click on donate or go to smile.amazon.com. Make DV farm your charity choice. A portion of your shopping cart goes directly to DV farm. No hidden fees or extra cost. Again, that's smile.amazon.com. Make DV farm your charity choice. Um, object zero. Please go use that and download that. If you have it, uh, you never know when you're going to need it or have somebody that needs it themselves and you can, let them know about the app and show them the ins and outs. And if you want to help on the Objective Zero app, they have an ambassador program you can get into. So do that if you're willing and able to do that. But for Google Oink, uh, Mike Gordia, uh, Sergeant Wardog, and DV6, who, as always, likes to just, you know, leave for no reason because, you know, Viagra or blue pills don't keep him up anymore. Uh, I'm Bonerwood. You just heard Barracks Talk right here on dvradio.net. WDVR. Until next week, Flatsicles. Bye bye. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Horsey. Gotta go what? I gotta go tuck in the horsey. I swear it didn't sound like tuck in. <laughs> Oink heard what I heard. I know he did, or he wouldn't be laughing. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna confirm nor did I. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got a recording, so we'll see. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what?